Guys, very excited today to be covering a very kind of like unique episode for you guys on how your sleep affects your body composition results. So look, as personal trainers, fitness professionals, gym owners, online coaches, whatever you are, it's incredibly important above all else that we're actually delivering through with the promises that we say within our marketing and within our sales, which is actually changing people's lives. I never had anyone in a consult ever in my experience, Paul, I'm not sure if you're the same, who said they wanted to be a part of a nice community and make friends. They always come with some really big, actual, tangible result um, that they want. And uh, I wanted to cover sleep. It's a little bit of a personal reason I wanted to cover this, Paul, because I was struggling with my sleep last week when we were chatting. Talk to us a little bit about your experience um, around, you know, with clients and, and especially in regards to sleep. Cool. So with sleep, I can address it personally as well. I've got a 15-month-old. So for the first zero to four months, it was death. Uh, There was no such thing as sleep. So that hammered home the importance of sleep for myself because before it was never an issue. With clients, it's been something I've been dealing with for years. And the most recent one who's had pretty cool results, this dude was about 150, 150, between 150, 158 kilos. He had that big a fluctuation. His sleep cycle was to stay up to 1 a.m. in the morning, smoking cones, and then basically <laughs> go to sleep at three, wake up, smoke more cones, um, or eat weed, and then sleep to around 10 o'clock at night. And when we looked at his hormonal profile, it was just an absolute disaster, um, for lack of a better word. So we simply moved his sleep pattern forward by a few key adjustments that we're going to talk about today. And from there, his weight has consistently come down like that 1% per week with minimal dietary changes and interventions relative to what I would do with other people. So just in cases that are tricky and hard for trainers and people who don't respond as expected to dietary interventions or training, sleep is kind of like your number, you know, your number one option to go to in those situations. And mate, before we dive into it, last week we we're kind of talking about like tracking metrics with people in their in their first 28 days. So guys, make sure you go check out that episode if you haven't. Now, in terms of just like sleep tracking overall and, you know, you actually look in as a coach, is this something that you do with all clients, a certain segment, or do you see maybe you're like, hey, Jimmy's struggling with his sleep, let's focus on it? How do you do that from a coach's aspect to to laser focus on improving it? Yep. Uh, First thing is right now I get people to track like their hours and quantity of sleep in their habits. So I have a notification set up. If someone sleeps less than, gives their sleep less than a three or sleeps less than four hours, I get a little ding to adjust their program if necessary on my new app, which is cool. Uh, but not everyone can do that, obviously, with the apps we have. Uh, for clients who have sleep issues, I will recommend like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, something to track what's going on or a Whoop in some cases. Uh, it's only if someone's having really difficulty sleeping or someone who I'm finding is never actually feeling fully awake or fully recovered. Yeah. In those situations, then I will dive in and I'll track them using some kind of data point and then make adjustments based on that, which, you know, we can, those adjustments... They need to be based on different stages of sleep, different REMs, et cetera. So we can talk about that in a future episode. But with most people, it's if they're sleeping enough and they feel okay, it's pretty good. If there's problems, we will go into tracking with devices. Okay. I used a Whoop for a bit um, and then it, it broke. I love a Whoop, but I got it when they were only in America and then it broke. I couldn't be bothered sending it back. Yeah, I'm sure they've got better customer service now. But um, it kept telling me not to train. I was always red lit. Like every second yeah. day, it was it was loose. It was yeah. 
That's like HVR, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, HRV. So HRV is the metric of readiness. Uh, basically, it's a difference between heartbeats. So for lack of a better term, there should be more variance rather than less. So if it's very, very steady, it's a sign that you're under-recovered. If it's very variable, it's a sign that you're Ready recovered go. enough. I generally use it if you're an athlete, though. Um, if you've got a sport kind of like too bad sometimes, if you're, of course, you know, you got to train and you got to compete regardless. If you're a general population client, maybe just drop the volume down a little bit. And then you'd find that you recover eventually like that. From a programming tip, it can be a really good sign that you need to improve your general cardio status. Let's not get too sidetracked. Let's go back. We'll, we'll go back because uh, maybe we can do another episode on that. I feel like yeah, maybe absolutely. in an episode, you can just teach me about fitness and we teach the community. But Sounds like a plan. We're going to be covering today having a waking routine for you guys. Also, the bias uh, food to appetite, which is very, very interesting. Um, I've never heard that kind of stuff around that, my friend, and and also finding the fun. So, mate, why is kind of having a waking um, routine very, very important to optimize people's sleep for body composition results? Cool. So a lot of people will look at when they want to sleep, they want to fix their sleep routine at night, you know, turn off blue lights, turn off electrical devices, meditate, read, light a candle, have sex, whatever. With the with that, that's looking at it as like a downward stream mechanism. So sleep begins when you wake. So that whole 24-hour circadian rhythm cycle starts then. So if people are struggling and they're too wide at night to go to bed, it's not necessarily blue light. It's not necessarily being stimulated it's the fact that they didn't get the hormonal peak at the right time through the day. So if you look at our hormones, they should go up, peak at about nine o'clock, lower down, drop it around to 2.30, lower down into a sleep pattern. So if we set up a proper morning routine, it sets an automatic hormonal response for the rest of the day for someone to actually have restful sleep. So Dr. Huberman talks about this on his podcast. Um, like it's simple stuff like light exposure, wait 90 minutes to have caffeine, um, do something maybe slightly physically active. And that's generally enough for most people to actually really have a massive difference in their sleep. Yeah. Because yeah. it sets that foundation. And like in the in the kind of morning and awaking routine, is there anything that people can, should kind of do during the day to, to have an optimal sleep? Uh, the main thing is just getting light exposure. Um, when we get light exposure. Outside. So go outside. Yeah, outside or a red light. Red light does the same thing. Um, or not the same, it's very, very similar. Outside, it activates cells in the retina that talk to the brain that then create that optimal uh, hypothalamic response of hormones, not be too technical, um, the proper hormonal cascade. So yeah. outside, like, like literally getting outside for 10 minutes, even before midday is generally enough for most people to actually have that cascade start to normalize. It's something that we do, I do a lot of time with um, mums and dads, like new kids, because their sleep is the worst out of anyone's uh, because obviously they're waking up every three hours to feed a baby or every two hours, depending on the kid. So as soon as they get that light exposure in the morning and the kid gets a light exposure, so that's a really good hint for dealing with anyone who's a new mother, they both go outside. It sets a pattern up for everyone to function better. And and it's only so 10 minutes is just more than enough. Just go 20. for a walk or, or something like that. It's, Mate, I know we're talking about sleep, but just overall happiness, um, I find if if the more time I spend outside, the happier I am. Um, yeah. Like I'm a big, big fan of walking and you you will just kind of prescribe that to to pretty much everyone you come in contact, right? If it's a good, good health thing, it's like get more time outside pretty much. It's habit number five in my level one client habits, like 10 minutes of outdoor activity. Awesome. Now, mate, 
let's um go into the bias um food to appetite um so i was, I was so intrigued in neurotics i have absolutely no idea what you can talk about but why is that important in terms of our client's sleep cool so when you're hungry if you're are you a night hungry person or morning hungry person like clients um know yourself just use yours oh, personally probably night night more hungry okay. than morning, yeah cool. So we know that overall calorie balance is the most important thing, right? For fat loss results. We can know about that. Nutrient timing is like 10% of your possible results. What we do is we bias food to someone's individual hunger patterns because then it puts them in the better space to go to sleep. So if you're someone who's naturally hungry in the morning and doesn't feel too hungry at night, you try and pack your calories in at night, you're going to be full, feel full. You're going to struggle to fall asleep just because you have to digest that. If you're someone who's naturally hungry at night, so that's me, Yep. I bias my habits towards the evening and eat much easier to sleep. It's kind of like when you, some people, when they're starving, they just cannot sleep. It's just like you, you know, punch for a brick wall to get, get a sandwich. Yep. That's kind of me. I'm guessing that's kind of you. Uh, but some people, if they eat at night, they just find it totally screws up their sleep. So when we do this, it does two things. It helps improve someone's ability to fall asleep without delay and without discomfort. The yep. second thing is it allows them to improve their adherence to their dietary patterns uh, to their dietary calorie needs rather because it's suiting their own unique biorhythm rather than what we determine is the same meal every time it's like no we can eat more here we can eat less here and they feel more comfortable doing that so then they can stick to their calorie allotment with far greater ease so it kills two birds with one stone and like when you're when you're mapping that out like with a client for the guys um do you actually ask like I'm guessing in a questionnaire, like, are you more hungry in the morning, lunchtime, night? It's as, as simple as that, as trying as to pick simple, it up. As simple as that. And then it's literally a matter of education for the client because a lot of people think that, you know, eating carbs at night makes them fat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, when realistically, it doesn't make any mu too much of a difference. It does for the first day you do it, if you do do it, because you get increased water retention and then it balances out. So, yeah, it's, it's something that's simple as a question when we're dealing with a diet. When are you most hungry, morning or night or lunch? And then we bias the food around that. Mate, it's interesting where, how you brought up like people, you know, kind of bastardize carbs at night. And there's obviously a lot of reasons for it. But I think, you know, a lot of the media around like what celebrities and athletes do and things like that. And, and you know, I'm just making stuff, but it's like, you know, Kim Kardashian doesn't have carbs after 12 p.m. So people think the greater community, because this is being plastered everywhere, think that that is like a fact reality. It's like, no, that's just what works for her. Yeah, exactly. So it's um it's 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 very very tricky trying to re re-educate people against, you know, mass media which I'm I'm sure, you know, you've had times where you've pulled your hair out. I've pulled my hair out many times. Um but yeah, it's it's something that we just have to be patient for and the better you get at explaining it, the faster it gets and then you get people to simple thing is try it and let me know how it goes for you. Let yeah. Me know how it goes. And it becomes very open. The other way I said say it would be would it be reasonable if you had a bigger meal at night and just tried it? Like, would it be reasonable? Because it's not an unreasonable request. You can literally you get put any, PQ, any PQ sales there. Because then I've got to say, if it was like, Jimmy, is it reasonable to have a bigger dinner? Then I've got to say, that's no, no that's unreasonable, which is combative, which people don't want to do. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, it's easy to get across. So easy, good coaching tool and good sales tool and good adherence tool. And mate, you said something and we kind of rushed over you, like often with your clients, you mentioned the word try. Um, so in your kind of coaching mechanisms with someone their sleep, 
um, your user, is it reasonable to maybe give this a go? Or would you be open to, you know, trying to go outside for, you know, 10 minutes a day over the next couple of days and see how it makes you feel? Is that a part of your kind of coaching, I guess, um, the words that you use when chatting to them? Yeah. And, uh, and if I get resistance, um, it moves to, is that totally out of the question? Yeah, nice. Totally out of the question is there's very little that's totally out of the question. Mm. Uh, it has to be like a firm hard no at that point is it totally out of question to go outside for 10 minutes no okay cool let's do it um so it gets people in that position where they've got no option but to say okay cool i'll try it and give it a go unless i'm saying something totally ridiculous like 10 sets of 10 squats do german volume training is that totally out of the question yes but (laughs) very very rare Sometimes when you have authorities as a coach they just like follow you through brick walls right whatever you want (laughs) exactly um Mate, let's talk about finding the fun, right? Yep. So we can uh, opti- optimize our client's sleep so they dominate their health. Exactly. So find the fun. This is something I found with a lot of online coaches too, because we we hustle, we grind. Um, I'm guilty of it, and we don't have hobbies. We don't have fun. Uh, you know, training is not a hobby if you're a fitness professional. As far as I'm concerned, it's part of the job. Um, you know, we may enjoy it, like playing sport, maybe. But with most people, as soon as they become an adult and they start moving into responsibilities. And particularly our type A clients, they don't do anything that's fun for them that they find intrinsically rewarding in and of itself. So like a hobby. Um, as soon as someone starts implementing that kind of stuff into their life, everything gets better. Um, and it's not something that I've ever seen from like a research point of view. You can see that increases social relationships and all other health outcomes from a, a social aspect. I've never seen it in a research study for improving someone's sleep, but I've seen it as like a necessary not necessary, uh, as an unexpected positive benefit from from employing hobbies. People seem to sleep better because they're doing something that they actually enjoy every day. It gives you something to look forward to and it pulls you out of your head. So yeah. a lot of coaches will say All right, at night, cool, let's get out your, you know, your journal and write down your three things you're grateful for, which is a good, ha- good habit, don't get me wrong, but you know, write down your thoughts, get them out of your mind, right? That, that's one way to do it. The other way is to go, but that's something else you have to do. It's another task on top of your task on top of your task. If we say do something fun where you don't have to worry about anything else, it automatically pulls those worries and thoughts out of people's heads without them having to do anything extra that could be considered more work. So it has the same outcome, but actually makes them intrinsically happy because you know doing a gratitude log and all that stuff, really, really cool. It's just another task for someone to do. Eventually we do both. But for yeah. most people, it's like, you know, do something fun each day. And they go, oh, God, that was great. So when my clients go out and they have a few drinks with friends, they say it's a really fun time. I'm like, how you felt in the last couple of days? Oh, great. Cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So get people to have some fun in their lives and not have everything so serious all the time is generally a really good way to drop cortisol, stress hormones, help people sleep better. And, and so do you feel like, like um, I'm sure you've seen the buzz around morning routines, evening routines. It's like a whole niche. I bet you there's coaches out there teach people how to do it. Oh, there are. Go there here today. Um, is sometimes putting too much structure around the way people, stri- way people sleep. You mentioned the word cortisol. So it can actually be, can sometimes it be detrimental to our client's sleep and, and performance? Yes, the perfection mindset. Because they feel like if they screw up one of these things, uh, their whole sleep cycles off because they go, shit, I didn't do my, I didn't light my candle at 8.50. And they start stressing <laughs> out about that. And I didn't have my Tulsi tea. <laughs> my Tulsi tea wasn't I brewed at 80 degrees. I brewed it at 85, which killed the antioxidants. My God, I'm stressed out. Um, 
yeah, people just start to worry too much about it. So this is why I go, let's go morning, get you outside when you, you know, you're mentally fresh, you can kill the day. Let's make sure your food is to your appetite so you don't get stressed out from not eating or yep. you know, being hungry or whatever, and then have some fun because generally then they forget about stuff. Um, and then we can start implementing like some more st- structured morning or night routines, but I always use the client-centered way to do that. The client has to pick what they do rather than the client telling me uh, or me telling the client, sorry, you have to do five things. Keep it simple so people can achieve. And mate, just with like the, the sleep side of things, you know, a, a lot of our clients who want to get better body composition results, their decision-making around food training isn't the best. Yep. Now, you me- you mentioned when we're kind of prepping for this episode that improving their sleep will improve um, their decision-making, give them better decision-making. Yep. Um, wh- why will that that help them? And I guess how will it, how, why will it help them? And then how will it help them get better body composition results? Cool. So with sleep and decision-making, there is a bit of mixed research on this, but we have like a limited reserve of uh, how many decisions we can make in a day. We get decision fatigue. Um, this is why like Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every day. He didn't have mm-hmm. to think because he had to make big decisions. That's why we outsource stuff so we don't have to worry about smaller things. So this fatigue does build up day after day. And at a point, after you've made so many decisions and you're responsible for so many things, you eventually go, screw it and eat a pizza. Yeah. But I'll get Uber Eats to do it. I don't have the mental energy to cook. I don't have the mental energy to follow my plan. So people will go off plan more easily. It's not really a matter of willpower um, a lot of the time. It's just that they've exhausted that willpower. So then they go off plan. So the more frequently someone goes off plan, the worse their results are going to be. Um, I don't think we can really argue against that. So we make sure they have the resources to do something, uh, to make the right decisions. Uh, it's kind of like whenever I'm coaching a client and they come up with like this ridiculous goal that they're going to do crazy things. One of the first things I ask is, do you have the resources to do that? Time, energy, money, uh, gym resources, et cetera. Because if I set a goal, they don't have the resources, they got no chance. My goal as a coach is to always make sure you have the resources to do what you need to do. And it's to stick to your diet. You need to have a clear headspace so you can go, no, I'm going to make the effort to make my healthy meal versus I'm going to go and order Uber Eats and see what's ever on discount. Yeah, mate, I love it. And so we're going to map out now, guys, some steps that you can take to implement this because when you're watching this episode, if you become a human being in life that listens to episode, watches episodes, spends all your day on YouTube, coaching courses, and takes two parts of fuck all action, your clients don't actually get better results. So we want to surround ourselves with people who are ready to take action, who are willing to step up and make the world a healthier place. Now, Paul's going to just map out three basic steps to implement. Um, you might implement all three if you're a beast, or you might just kind of implement one to, to move the needle forward and have a win for this week. Now, Paul, you mentioned having a client-centered wake routine, also designing meal, meal timing around um, appetite, and also like a routine audit. Um, if they wanted to implement it, if we start with a client-centered wake routine, what would be some things that they would action as a coach to transform their members' lives. Cool. So the first thing is we would generally just quickly inquire to what the client does when they wake up each day. It's always fairly consistent. Waking up is the most routine part of the day for most people besides brushing your teeth and going to bed. Yeah. Uh, once they've done that, we'd look at their, you know, look at their energy to fatigue, use the specific impact change. Well, I basically ask them how having a crappy morning impacts their day. From there, we'd present them with options on what they'd like to do to make their morning better they would then choose that and we would then help them break that down to something achievable. 
So they say 90 minutes of yoga and meditation. We'll say that's bullshit. <laughs> that's um, boring. <laughs> how would 10 minutes do? Right? Can you do 10 minutes? So we would break it down to the most achievable thing uh, that they could do. So they have one thing that they get right each day. And from there, we progress that if necessary. We don't always need to progress it. Sometimes we just need to keep it consistent. And then because it's the morning, it, it start, seems to form habits faster in the morning than they do in the evening. And that's the quickest and simplest way to do it. I love, we like simple and we like easy. That's what life's meant to be like, right? No complex stuff. Um, and we kind of covered a little bit, but actual steps to implement the design, designing like meal timing around appetite. Like what would they do as a coach with their clients? Well, this is actually a really easy one. So if someone's hungry, say at night, because it's a little bit simpler, right? What we would do is we'd get the client to actually, because we can't technically design meal plans, but everyone does. Um, we we'd get the client to come up with, you know, two or three, um, I guess what I would call tick the boxes meals that they can have each day and yep. two to three takeaway tick the boxes meals. Smaller meals where they can just eat them. Uh, so say might be takeaway, might be good or something. Yes, smoothie. Um, yes, smoothie, done. So a couple of things that you tick boxes, but it puts them in a calorie deficit if their goal is fat loss throughout the day. And then at night, they've got a room for a ton of calories. Then they can have more flexibility in those meals, uh, which gives them a couple of things. Social interaction, they can do that. It's a little bit easier to eat with the family and they can eat to their full at night. Yeah. So that's the easiest thing to do. In the morning, it's the same type of thing. Work out, you know, lunches and stuff that tick the boxes. And in the morning, they can have more flexibility to eat more food that they enjoy and in greater volumes. Same with lunch. We just have tick the boxes meals and then they have more freedom to work around with the bigger meals. Yeah, and I, I love how you you revert back is, is you have a very client-centered approach. So I, I like how, you know, in everything you reference is you're the coach and they're the client, but I feel like you, you do everything together. You guys are like a team, hey? Um, it's a collaboration. Which are a beautiful, beautiful way to coach. And and mate, let's bring it home strong. Yep. If they wanted to implement step three with a with a routine um audit um with their members or their clients, how would they implement that? Easy solution to this one. Uh Google Form, fill in a sample day, and basically ask two questions at the end of the day. Where do you have time to do something for yourself? Where do you feel overwhelmed? Yep. And when you have time, that's when you can look at basically adding something in like, you know, um, one of those things like fun activity, et cetera. And where do you feel overwhelmed? Help the client work out what they can take away to reduce their responsibilities. Simple. And client-centered as well because the client decides what they can do without. Mate, I love it. Thank you so much for today's episode. I personally learned a lot. I'm sure the community now. My pleasure. I don't know. I haven't told you this yet. Is uh, So you did your episode, your first episode a while back. Yep. Shot up to it was like our third most downloaded episode last month. So um you've got all the guys who have been producing. You just went kaboom right up there really quick. So um thank you so much for being a part of our community and our brand and public community and helping the community. But you're probably going to be number one soon. So we need to make sure we we keep stepping up. And mm-hmm. Mate, with um, with your coaching, just finally with with your sleep, I can ask you just one question because I'm sure you've done a lot of like crazy, you know, testing in in your life. Yep. Is is there like one or two non negotiables for you in your life to have the most optimal sleep? Just things that you you'd never really really want to miss if you want to sleep well. Um. Yeah. Train. It's trained throughout the day. I have to I have to be physically active, otherwise I lose my shit. I'm, I'm, the other day in Mumba when you're like, 
I trained till you nearly vomit. I was like, this guy's on another paradigm. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to train until I nearly vomit. That's literally it. And for me, the other thing to, I need to, for me, it's, I need to tick off about 10 things I need to do. If I don't tick off 10 things, I will literally be sitting there in bed, just looking at the ceiling going, today was a waste. Mm. Um, so that's me and that's my personality orientated ways. So I structure my mornings where I get up early and tick off at least five or six things. So then I can always, and my workout is always eight o'clock every day. It's non-negotiable for me. Man, I love it. That's why, why you're so fit and healthy, right? And the leader in the fitness industry. Thank you so much, my friend. Until next week, we'll right. see you and leave you. If you have any questions, guys, feel free to reach out to Paul. Anything training, nutrition result, I'd reach out to Paul. I probably wouldn't hit me up as you probably picked up in the episode. But anything marketing and sales, you can slide right into my inboxes, guys. Hit Jimmy, Bye. not me. <laughs> mm-hmm.